0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio, episode 126. And it's me, Matt Whitmore, with the stunning Karis Marsden. All the way from Portugal, I might add. Bon dia. That's about all Buone-a. I know. Bon dia. Good Dois <laughs> café duplo, por favor. Obrigado. That
1: was literally the limit of your Portuguese.
0: That's all, that's all I need to get by here.
1: But to be fair, you're, you're probably doing better than me with that.
0: Yeah, you're, you're bad, actually, because... You you always get me to order stuff. And I'm yeah. like, no, go on, step out of your comfort zone.
1: Do you know what? Because I'm really confused here about masculine and feminine. And typical me, I'm worried about offending somebody God. with the masculine and feminine because it's completely different. I've done French and Spanish and yeah. it's totally different. And every time someone keeps telling me, no, it's obrigado, not abrigada. And then I'm like, oh, I can't remember. This is when you teach me two things at once and I can't
0: remember which is which, like left and right. Well, it's funny because I think sometimes I've heard some people say, obrigado. They don't even say the o or the A.
1: But is that informal, and you should be doing polite? so Then I'd worry about that.
0: Oh god, <laughs> just don't just don't talk at all. I just
1: remember this. Really, yeah. I try and mimic. <laughs> be
0: one of those really just carries away little, like little uh, like revision cards with you, just yeah. writes everything down.
1: <laughs> I could do it like just an hour with somebody, just going right. Tell me what is this, that, and the other. Like, should I use this in this situation, that in that situation? Because you've never had that, and I suppose very, you know, and. Um, um, this is a bad thing. I haven't really sat down because it's such a hard language to learn and get your head around. I've watched my parents learn it. My mum gave up like very, very quickly. Yeah, but your mum is,
0: you're, you're like your mum because whenever we're out, you're, I mean, your dad's Portuguese is actually pretty good. Yeah. As in, he's not fluent by any means, but he's he, he can get by and he can actually have a little bit of a conversation with people, can't he? Yeah. But your mum will always, whenever we're, She defers to him. She doesn't even look at the waiter or a waitress. She just goes to, turns to your dad and goes, oh, I'd like this, please. <laughs> yeah. And then your dad orders it for her. Yeah. And,
1: I'm just repeating that behaviour, basically. Yeah, you are, exactly. <laughs> but no, and I think, so sometimes I wait for them to speak first, then I know how to replicate the language back. But then that sometimes, okay. and then sometimes I just go, thanks.
0: I'm going to get you Portuguese lessons for Christmas.
1: Yeah. Well, you've got that little app you keep using. Duolingo. Duolingo. Yeah, That's
0: great. great. Honestly, it's really good because you, you can just refer to it like for little things. But even Google Translate, because on Google Translate,
1: I've used that for menus. That's been helpful.
0: But what's cool is because sometimes it's not just as simple as being able to see the words, is it? Yeah. You want to because how uh, how it's how you're reading it is probably not how it's pronounced. Yeah. But on Google Translate, you can do an audio, so it, it says it.
1: That's what you need, isn't yeah, it? Yeah.
0: And and you're like, ah, oh, okay, so that's how you would have said it.
1: Or get one of those tapes for the car where you just get probably sent to sleep <laughs> oh, keep, keep
0: repeating <laughs> yeah, yeah. the same thing over and over again.
1: My dad used to play them when we were kids. He was learning Spanish on his way to and from work for, for no apparent reason. Or well, he did always say he wanted to buy a place in Spain eventually. So he'd play those. And his kids, it was like torture. Can you imagine?
0: Mm, gosh, no.
1: The voices, <laughs> donde es de la playa? But
0: for me, it's, it's funny. We often say, we often talk about learning, don't we? And how everyone learns in different ways. Yeah. And for me, that would just not be an effective way to learn. Like I'd, I'd like you, I'd, I'd much rather work with a tutor. Yeah. You know, like once a week or something, intensively, face to face, and then have like homework to then practice. For the next session or something that's how yeah, i would yeah. work best whereas some people probably are just very good at listening to something
1: you know, <laughs> if you like off. crashed the car and they were like what were you doing and you'd like i was just trying to figure out where the beach was in spanish
0: <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd gone up to cd3 <laughs> yeah,
1: verbs uh, and nouns just like it, blew my mind
0: <laughs> just just another level
1: went the wrong way around the roundabout i totally got into yeah. the, the spanish <laughs> totally memory. got like, into
0: it yeah start driving on the right hand side of the road, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> will come over me. <laughs> um, but guys, we are here in Portugal, it's glorious. Sun is shining, the coffee is amazing and dirt cheap. I might add, you almost can't believe it. You come here and they just know how to make a coffee here, don't
1: they? It's very, yeah, it's and, very
0: And you're like 80 cents for a coffee, 80 cents, but the one euro is, 60 you know for the, two coffees, the battle
1: that we generally have. At the- not to have a really, like a pint of coffee or a pint of tea. We've said this, wherever, wherever you go now, it's almost like bigger is better. And so this is the first place you come to and you just order Café Duplo and it's it's like a long black or a long
0: espresso. Well, Café Duplo <laughs> in terms of like actual translation is essentially a double espresso, but it's not, if you know what I mean, in that that's what it is in terms of like a menu because yep. Café is just a shot of coffee. Café Duplo, obvi- Duplo Sorry, is obviously two. Right. Duplo play being like double, but they just make it different here. Like they <laughs> just let it, just let it run a little bit longer, That's, and it's just the right size, isn't there it?
1: There is a downside to this in that you're having about six a day, which is about twelve yeah. shots of coffee.
0: But eyes oh, oh, on my holidays. <laughs> but,
1: I must have heard that statement about twenty times as well.
0: But as I said before, it could be worse. Oh, I could gosh, be I'm
1: on my holidays. But can you believe
0: it? <laughs> She's giving me grief for how many. Double espressos I've had.
1: I didn't. I did give you not
0: uh, not beers, (laughs) not pastel de nata's. You know, I'm 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 the one thing I'm having a lot of is
1: coffee. I did give you a little bit of grief for bread and ice cream because before we came away on holiday, you were doing this awesome across Instagram and and with our members, you were doing this great kind of like here's what I'm going to do to tidy up my nutrition before going away, and it was so basic, so simple so manageable so realistic and i was really impressed like you motivated me to stop eating so much chocolate and nut butter no anyway no but we've got here
0: now i've just let you down no
1: no it's not that it's not that it's like if anyone puts a loaf of bread in front of you you eat you're eating the entire loaf of bread and mm. then the next day you're going oh i'm a bit, bit bloated and i'm like just have two slices and it, like,
0: oh <laughs> when did i say i was a bit bloated last
1: night Grant, a, Grant, Grant, in front Grant. of the mirror you went i think I, I think i'm i'm gaining a bit of weight like <laughs> so and no and i and then you went actually i think i'm just a bit bloated
0: yeah my stomach was sticking out it was bit.
1: sticking out and i said to it's you full
0: of dough. <laughs> you, did,
1: you did eat more or less an entire loaf of bread today
0: and it was like she's right <laughs> i did i think it's my uh my primal instinct of you know, like how back in the day when we were hunting yeah. we, <laughs> we never knew what the next meal was going to be. The next so loaf if, of bread. If ever there was an opportunity to gorge, we used to take it. And I just think it's, I'm so primal. Yeah. It's just there. That's same, there. Thing,
1: same thing with ice cream. Same thing it's with like,
0: ice cream. Who knows? Who knows?
1: Then you get like slight kind of memory lapses where you when you I were saying actually. i'm a bit bloated i was like maybe ease back on the ice cream again not not because ice cream is a bad thing but because you just have the biggest serving yeah three scoops and then this giant cone and and i said to you maybe you know it's probably that a little bit less might be helpful and then you, you kind of go i've only had a couple since i've been here and then not that i'm counting but i knew there was more than a couple yeah
0: and then i do, I li- I do I have a selective memory yeah <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah oh yeah I was saying to Karis the other day on Facebook, I saw this uh, little video someone had put up of like this little boy with a, one of those like big massive calculators, and he was clearly adding something up and like deep in thought and using his fingers. And they kept "Oh yeah," and tapping it on the calculator. I was trying to find the video again to put up, like me trying to remember
1: how many ice how creams? many
0: ice creams I've had since I've, <laughs> since I've been here. But to give me credit, I'm a lot better now than what I used to be.
1: No, I'm not like, but when you say to me, I'm bloated, I kind of, I've got like a few suggestions there, you know, but then you instantly go, (laughs) stop judging me, I'm on my holidays. So it's like, well, then don't don't say you're bloated. That's only only
0: because I'm getting defensive and I know you were right. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's
0: what we do. See? Just get defensive.
1: True, true. Where were we? (laughs) (laughs) What were we going to talk about on this podcast?
0: Well, actually, I'll tell you what we were going to talk about. We were having a conversation earlier about the kind of questions that we get. At Fitter Food and the questions that we've got over the years since we started as a, a Facebook page, and then it kind of evolved from there and and whatnot. And we we still get the the usual suspects, if you like, as in the usual questions of you know what's the best thing to do to lose weight, what's the best exercise for fat loss, and etc. And you know, very very um, well, they are important questions because obviously. Exercise and healthy body composition are, are, are very important things. But what we have noticed over the years is the questions are changing a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And the people are now starting to become a little bit more aware, if you will, of other factors, other behaviours and whatnot that that have an impact on health that go beyond what you do in the gym and what you, you know, what you put in your mouth, you know, the, the food you're eating, etc. And that's great. It's great to see. It's great to to, to know that people are more aware of things like uh, stress management, the importance of sleep, but also your, we often talk about this, your environment, you know, the, the environment of which you put yourself in, the people that you surround yourself with, etc. And it kind of got us talking about a project that we've been working on for quite some time now, which is our three six five membership site because for as long as I can remember, we've always we've we. what well, I feel we've always been about more than just exercise and nutrition.
1: Yeah, I think that was definitely uh, we, we've kind of we've been in the fitness industry. We've both become you know nutritionists, and but we never stopped working with people. And the thing is, that is the best kind of professional development you'll ever have is to always be implementing kind of principles and strategies for individuals and then seeing what works what doesn't work and kind of helping them to i suppose that like personalize and, and and find you know their own kind of uh, versions of our, our recommendations that works with mm. their lifestyle as well and for a long time we've been saying now you will, we almost need to really bridge that gap because with kind of the internet with with social media you're seeing people go into these camps and and these extremes and i think there's kind of a risk here that you start to put all your eggs in one basket. And we've noticed this over time. We've been to lots of different events and, you know, kind of within the fitness industry, within the kind of paleo camp, within the nutrition industry. And both you and I have said, gosh, they almost get quite extreme and and fixated about their approach to something that they are dismissing, other things possibly. And there's a danger to that. Mm. I really do feel that. And it's almost like there needs to be, this is what we're, we have created. I'm going to say we have, not we are trying. We have created with 365, which is there needs to be this kind of community space with information that you trust that bridges that gap between, here's some really important information about lifestyle, about your physiology, about, like you've just said, the the influence of environment. Uh, here's some information about how your body works. Here's some practical guidance. And, and then it's your journey. And yeah. really what you've got to do is project manage the whole process. And what I've been trying to do and you are doing as well is uh, really develop kind of content and courses and talks that show people how to project manage that process. Because yeah. what we've become aware of is if you go to a personal trainer, for example, for support with your health, you will get, um, arguably, because <laughs> there's different standards, brilliant guidance on... How to train, how to move, how to get some muscle, how to, you know, look at calories, look at macros um, and motivation as well. I think one of the strengths of being a personal trainer that you and I, when we went into that industry, you become very good at motivational interviewing and helping behavior change. Yeah, And you, both you and I have always said we've never really felt the need to go and do courses on this because... We're just quite passionate about it, and so after you've done it like hundreds and hundreds of time with individuals, yeah, you know, you've kind of
0: been in, you know, in the trenches, so to speak. Yeah, yeah.
1: and you get better at kind of finding pain points and mot- helping to motivate people and understand consequences and actions and things like that. And so the fitness industry is is brilliant for that, and, and body composition adjustments, those kind of things. But where it's going a little bit, kind of, I suppose for me. It's, it's, it's really gone back to the kind of calorie argument at the moment. That's the trend that we're seeing. It's like, and, and I, I know the law of thermodynamics and I believe in it, but sometimes shouting at people, calories in, calories out is all that matters, is not helping lots of other health issues that are arising, be it digestive, be it um, immune system based, be it stress, anxiety, depression. But then, on the flip side, if you go over to a nutritional therapist, they can be a bit distracted with supplements. And <laughs> what's your favourite that you laugh at? All well, the, so <laughs>
0: the the le, le, lemon lemon water. Yeah.
1: So when you came to uh, to my college to lecture, you said, if one more person told me they had lemon water for breakfast, like, like and, you know, <laughs> some of these things are...
0: It's going to solve all your problems.
1: Yeah, basically. And green tea and turmeric and things like that. And as much as there's some interesting trials and some research on it, if somebody's overweight, for example, then those types of things are not helpful. The, no. the best thing they can do is lose weight. And it's almost like someone needs to bring together these two industries and their strengths and like merge them to say, if you have a body composition issue, this is what you need to do to correct that. But maybe you want to do it because what nutritional therapists are really good at is understanding protective compounds in food, phytonutrients, um, better quality diets you know uh, but like i said they have a tendency to go a little bit extreme and obviously then you might get camps that go down either the paleo route or the keto route or the vegan route and then that might not be right for you and it's really hard to to know because you'll be very easily swayed by somebody who you know perhaps looks really healthy looks mm-hmm. very slim but can give you a very good kind of comprehensive argument for it and therefore you almost Will start to ignore your own feedback that it's not mm. working. Cause you're like, no, so I said it would work and therefore I do it. And then you've but, also but, but that's
0: the power of influence though, isn't it? Definitely, in that like yeah, yeah. and we were talking about that the other day as well, weren't we? In terms of it, it works both ways because for me, being able to have a positive influence on someone or to be able to gain influence from other people is is amazing. And I think now, because the world is so connected. There is that ability, though, to go both ways. You can either be positively influenced or negatively influenced because we're only seeing a small part of the picture. Because a lot of these people that we – in fact, most people we're probably getting influenced by, we don't actually know. We've never met them. We've never seen them in person. We're going by what we're seeing on social media, et cetera. But there's there's so much power there. So when you do, I don't know, someone who you – you, you follow, you like you like what they're about, they look great, you know, they tick all of those boxes and they recommend a product or they recommend a type of training or a type of diet, you know, if you're not that well educated in it, you know, or you're not in the industry, if you like, like we are, you'll be like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because so-and-so who I love said it and they look great. Yeah, yeah. So it makes perfect sense that I do it as well. Yeah. And, and I
1: think if there's also not that element of education and, a, and ad- adaptation behind the scenes, like if the person you're working with should be constantly trying to empower you with that knowledge and then then you can adapt on different situations. Whereas if it's quite a rigid, you know, and we found this kind of with our Fit 16 program when we did about weight loss is that we kind of do an elimination diet to start. It's very nutrient dense and we get people back towards kind of you know, an ancestral template or fitter foodish, paleoish, whatever you want to call it, and then as the plan <laughs> progresses, yeah, we build it uh, paleoish, uh, we build it out and get more kind of foods added, so that people can kind of find what works for them on a digestive, hormone, and body composition level. Yet there was this still this mentality of diet that kicked in, and we saw this with the program sometimes, where some people just kept rewinding back to phase one and saying, I'm just going to do that phase again, which is fine because you could use it as a a kind of reset diet, which, Mm. you know, you and I sometimes do that when our digestive health isn't great or our cravings have gone off the chart because we're stressed and we're like, you know, let's go back to a template. We know that controls our kind of mood and blood sugars and energy a little bit better. And we've figured that out through kind of trial and improvement. And that's what we encourage other people to do. But we still saw people, despite the message around that whole plan was, this is the, the last transformation plan you ever need to do because we're teaching you how to eat for the rest of your life mm. and how to eat on the go. There was still that diet mentality got applied to it. So it was kind of like, eat this way, then go right back to kind of process refined foods. Not everybody, some people absolutely nailed it. And this is where we talk about this individuality mm. uh, component to it some individuals said life-changing. I now know what I need to do. I know yeah. what works for me. I know I was overtraining and now I'm training less, I'm training more effectively. Thanks to Matt. I'm eating, I'm getting really good at batch cooking thanks to these quick recipes. But there were some people who still said, you know, oh, I didn't do as well as I should do in phase one. I'm going to go back to the beginning. And we were like, there is no such thing as no, doing exactly. as well as you should do. It's about this kind of learning process process and i think
0: because also who set that bar <laughs> yeah. you know how, how well how should better? you have done <laughs> yeah. you know like tell me you know yeah. it's, and the, the reality is based on our experience most people will always feel like they could have done more yes it's, it, it's that typical like oh, i'm phase one i lost six pounds but oh man could should have really lost eight yeah. Even yeah, though it's like, uh, hello, yeah. you've lost six pounds, you're insane, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, 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 you know, totally. it's,
0: it, But that's but, how But I
1: think the other element to it was with Fit Sixteen program, we debated whether to have a Facebook group because one other thing that we've seen is these can work brilliantly or they can work negatively in that people compare themselves. Mm. So they work brilliant brilliantly from a community support point of view, and we've always been really lucky to have fantastic members, but they can work negatively from a oh, look at so-and-so getting great results. And I've had a rubbish day. I didn't make it to the gym and I just caved in at a cream cake. And that, that is really destructive and completely changes your physiology again yeah. and your motivation. And then and people drop out because they say, well, like, I, I just couldn't compare. And I think, what, yeah. but as I was gonna say, then we added the group later, a support group. And it actually is a lovely group, very, amazing, very, very supportive. Yeah. And we we, t- we totally said we got that wrong. And in this instance, it's been a really supportive group when they ask questions about what should I eat, what should I cook. And again, in Fitters 365, we're, we're really lucky. And I don't, I don't, I think everyone there is very honest about how they're in completely different places with their mm. journey. Some are, Absolutely, you know, kind of running marathons and in this routine of like, this is how I eat, this is what works for my body. And some are in there because they have, you know, really bad digestive issues and hormone issues and, and want to find a way that works for them, you know, health-wise. And we're always talking about things like, you know, kind of mental health and the influence that has on all of the different systems as well. Yeah. So they're getting that benefit of kind of interaction, support and knowledge. And what I've really worked hard to do is, is kind of get people to, like you said, just almost, we've come up with this, this phrase: be a jack of all health. Because the other side that that's kind of not working or a bit limited at the moment is if you go to a medical professional for help, again they can be unrivalled at doing some kind of investigative work. If you're lucky enough, it, not not always, but you know they can do they can do scans, they can put cameras inside you, they can do stool testing, they can do urine testing, and and that's great, and that can give you some answers. Mm-hmm. But then they can sometimes reach a point of. I'm really not sure. So I'm going to give you this syndrome, (laughs) which I can't really think about what causes it and why, but you just need to probably manage it. And then this leaves people so frustrated and what's making that situation worse is the existence of of the internet where everyone Googles everything now. Mm. And so they're getting in cycles of kind of stress and anxiety around a health issue that they can't fix. And Again, this is why we said let's create a community where we can also start to pull in professionals that we love and trust from these different industries, you know, from medical professionals and people who are also good from a kind of, um, you know, that we've had on the podcast that we've really liked. And really start to almost map out a path of how do you project manage this process of, you know, it might even be being a new parent, which completely throws a spanner into a lot of works for all of my friends have said, you know, the exercise went out the window, the eating well went out the window, the sleep went out the window. And then, you know, so it's kind of, okay, where could you start, you know, changing that process? Mm -hmm. And I do think you have to kind of get to a pain point with it, where it might be that your skin flares or that your energy levels absolutely, you know, crash and and then you like, I can't keep doing this I can't keep cutting corners with my nutrition mm. I can't keep staying up all night long when my hair's falling out and my nails are breaking and you know what I mean like yeah. I can't I can't keep you know not it's not neglect I don't think neglecting your health is the right way of putting it but it's it's almost kind of just taking the, you know going getting through each day but not changing anything mm. and then the symptoms get worse and then obviously I think people reach their pain point with it and decide okay this is where I'm going to change. And this is where we've wanted to step in. And my brother pays me a few compliments, so it's always very special when he does. And one of the things he said was, you two are always great at kind of looking ahead and seeing where the problem might be and then coming up with a solution. And this is where we've kind of got to now, isn't it? We've said someone just needs to bridge the gap between all these different professions and give people a kind of, you know, a strategy to put in place. And maybe you don't need a strategy, maybe you just want a space where you can trust the information that's in there yeah, because it comes from people who have got experience. Because I also think I personally don't trust many practitioners who don't work with people yeah, because that is my biggest source of, of knowledge and understanding. Oh, gosh,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like how long I've been a personal trainer or how long I've been involved in this industry is almost... Not irrelevant for sure, but more it's more so how many people I've worked with yeah. that for me is like, is absolutely priceless in terms of, you know, and, and better than any qualification that might look good on paper. It's like, actually over the years, I've done thousands and thousands of personal training sessions. We've worked with thousands and thousands of people, both like offline and online. And that is like, like you say, you, you see so many different scenarios of yes on paper and anyone who comes to you with any kind of health issue there's a good chance they probably need to eat a bit better they might need to lose a little bit of weight and they could probably do with sleeping more stressing less and, and moving a little bit more day to day all very simple isn't it in in you know in in the bigger picture but okay but how do we achieve that hmm. and over the years that's that's the the biggest thing is we've learned how to achieve that with Different individuals, different personalities.
1: But also, I think our own experience has also fed into this. In that we both started training early for different reasons, and we fell into a lot of traps that people are falling into still mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So we fell into traps of well, believing, there, done there. yeah, believing there was worth yeah, <laughs> believing like, vilifying foods, being obsessed with our body composition, thinking that our body composition would give us like status and, um, you know, kind of, you know increase our kind of, I suppose, increase the trust of people as well. And similarly, then as a result of some of these extremes, we then experienced actual health, you know, negative health effects. Mm. So mine definitely hormonal and, and gut like, and it comes back time and time again, the minute I, take it up a gear work wise, they kick in and I have to adjust. And yours is pretty much the same. Yours is kind of, I'd say, like gut related, but your blood sugars don't respond well to you getting too stressed and things either. So we've also I'm stressed. (laughs) Yeah, we've also got our own experiences that we draw upon. And then also when you're working with clients and think you just see these uh, especially I have this amazing position where I observe clinics. So I get to see hundreds of what I call like health stories a day, which is Mm. almost people saying, well, This happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it really does for me consolidate how much the systems of the body are connected. Like the number of times I will hear statements like this horrendously stressful period of my life and then suddenly I develop an autoimmune condition. Uh, This happened and then I moved abroad and then it was like blue sky and everything went away. Like digestive issues is a brilliant one because people go on holiday and say, I can eat anything on holiday. We've said this before. And it doesn't have the same effect then I come home and I'm in an office and I'm stressed and you know everything mm. kicks off again. Yeah. And so it got me less and less kind of focused on elimination diets. I think they're wonderful for like kind of getting rid of a flare. But I think if we try and pinpoint like one food and and one symptom yeah. in any situation, I think we're really simplifying a very complicated number of systems in the body. Mm. And And you can always take it back to the brain. And that's why, you know, both you and I have said when we've got anxiety, it's like everything just kicks off
0: probably mentioned on a podcast previously that over Christmas, you know, i had like these really amazing breakthroughs in terms of investing more time in myself, you know, my, my own kind of like, uh, like recovery, but also wanting to spend more time with friends and family Yeah, because, you know, it's like, why do we only make this effort once a year at Christmas? Like it's, that's, do you know what I mean? Like I love spending time with my friends and family. I should do it more often. It makes me feel good, makes me happy. I'd like to think it makes them happy as well to see me. And we came back and we were like, right, this year, you know, we're going to make more of an effort and we have done and we feel really, really good for it. And same with being on holiday now. You know, I've had like a on and off kind of like back pain uh, for quite some time, which as you know, I've kind of suffered with for a long, long time. And sometimes it can be because I've slept funny or I'm overdoing it in the gym or I've been neglecting core work, whatever, blah, blah. But all the while we've been here, sleeping more. My daily step count has gone up as it always does when I'm here. Obviously we're outside a lot more because the weather's beautiful, makes sense. And I'm like, is it a coincidence that my back feels amazing? (laughs) Probably not. And, you know, I'm eating a decent amount of ice cream. My coffee intake has doubled. (laughs) Um, It's doubled for half the price. How good's that? Yeah, Intake's it's, doubled, um, but it's cost me.
1: Bargain.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a combination I like. <laughs> but you know, and, and but the, touch the, with-
1: the, the, the naturopath in me would go, it's because we're staying somewhere that has no Wi Fi. <laughs> <I'm thinking. Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I haven't been drinking lemon water every
1: morning, <laughs> just an
0: FYI. Um, but my point is, is when I come back from here, I know I can't replicate this exact situation no, at home. No. For obvious reasons, yeah, yeah. because we'll be going back to a more intensive work schedule. We won't have the weather. We don't have the beaches, um, etc. et, cetera, et cetera. But there are certain things I can take home with me, yeah. such as getting outside more, keeping my step count up a little bit more. We, we
1: actually had a chat this morning, which is very interesting, where just before we came away, I said to you, <clears throat> it was very early in the morning and Hamish needed walk in and I was going to go for a run. I said, Do you know what? I can take Hamish... And you were in two minds as to whether to go to the gym or what to do to walk. We had had a colossal to-do
0: list in my because we were were trying to tick things off before we come away.
1: And you said, "Um, would you mind taking Hamish because I'll I'll probably go to the gym, I think. And you were doing it because both of us at that point in time were like, we do whatever we need to give us resilience and cope for the next few days. We had a really stressful few days before we came away. And so I took the dog and when I came back, you hadn't moved and then you didn't move for that whole day. And then you kept saying to me, Oh my God, I have still, done...
0: still have my head in the fridge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you said I've done about 3000 steps today. And I just thought I should have left the dog. Yeah. But me being me, uh, I, I'm always a bit like, Oh no, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. ease you, yeah. you get what you need to do. You know? And, and we, we actually had a chat this one. It's very interesting. And you said, stop taking the dog and make me take the dog more because otherwise I just don't prioritize walking you know you have done it much more but as as we get busier and busier you end up and i'm worse because i end up going well do you know what? i'll just run with him and in in 30 minutes he gets a really good run around and as we got busy and i'm sure this is what i was talking about being a new parent and you cut corners we were cutting corners in some ways of of our kind of usual self-care routine so again it's just an interesting fact. When we get back, you're, I'm just going to hand Hamish over to you. And- <laughs> dog,
0: dog walking duties are over to me. But it's, it's true because honestly, I... One, one
1: thing that's become apparent to me, and we're going to talk about this on another podcast, is I've had some kind of digestive issues since coming out here, which I never normally get on uh, holiday. I'm normally the complete opposite. And what's become apparent to me is is I really need to get back to yoga and, and deep breathing and things like that. And it's almost like before we came away, I wasn't doing that because to get to the yoga studio then the classes like... 90 minutes and then to get home, I was like, it's just a luxury I can't afford. It it is like a two hour Mm. time out of my day. But actually, I'm paying for it now, if I'm really honest. Mm. So maybe if I'd done the yoga before I came away, and I say I'll do it on my own, just like you say you'll go for a walk or something. And I don't because... It's kind of like I'm at home and actually the house needs cleaning, you know, or or
0: actually... Well, you start thinking of other things that need to be done, that don't don't really need to be done.
1: And you run a business, so the list is endless of of things that are at your fingertips all the time, don't we? As in, we run a business, sorry. So it was a bit... I don't know, I think we've both kind of learned a bit of stuff as we've come away that we can take back with us. Mine is definitely, I have to get back to yoga, as yeah. I'm probably going like, to end up killing myself by the time I'm 50 in terms of like, stress.
0: It's, it's like you said earlier, you know, we, we, you know, we're talking about being able to project manage your health, and that all involves yeah. you know, how much time do you allocate to movement? How much time do you allocate to actually getting a decent night's sleep? How much effort are you going to put into prepping your meals, eating better? Yeah. All of these things are, are part of your well, your, your day-to-day decision making. Yeah. And some days you can cut corners. Some days you might need to cut corners because you've just got a lot going on, or whatever it may be. But keep cutting corners, and it will just what well, will kick you in the arse. Quite simply, yeah. I suppose what we've learned over the years, like Kerry said, both with it with ourselves and and with the people that we've worked with, it's being able to help educate people to understand their limitations a little bit better because Uh we can all tolerate a certain amount of drama where, you know, humans are very durable people, you know, like both physically and mentally, like, but we all have a limit and we need to know where that limit is. So we don't keep pushing past it and then paying the price. Like for me with my training, I love training hard. You know, I'm, I'm, I do, I do a lot more restorative work now because I've had my fair share of injuries and I'm be like, well, oh, I can't do that. But even now, I, got, I still have that limit where I'll push, 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 and i oh, like, this is great, 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 and I keep pushing more and more and more. And, and then my body would be like, oh, hang on a minute, and I'd be like, oh, I need to ease off a little bit now. Yeah. Whereas before, I'd keep pushing through that and be like, ah, oh, come on, you'll be fine. Whereas now, I'm like, no, no, I've been going to town for like the last – six, seven weeks, I need to just ease off a little bit, you know, recover, and then I can kind of go at it again. And same with nutrition. I know that I can eat ice cream, enjoy a few beers and whatever, but if I do it too often and I do it, it and I do it in too much uh, excess, yeah, I pay the price. Yeah. I get bloated. I get um, lethargic, et etc. Et so it's kind of being able to do the things you love to do, but know your limits know when to ease off for a little bit and when to adapt your approach and maybe take a slightly more restorative approach for a little while yeah and and whatever does that make sense yeah
1: no no absolutely and i think that is because because the other thing that we're seeing quite a lot of i'd say another kind of common response in terms of the messages that we get all the time is is guilt that we see this time and time again guilt that someone can't lose weight guilt that somebody can't get their hormones to work, guilt that somebody can't get their, their gut to work. And there's a lot of kind of like wrapped up in the guilt. There's a lot of anxiety. And so we get these very kind of panicky messages about what have I done? What have I done? Or I did this. I shouldn't have done that. And um, I, I have a, a great uh, um, client actually who just said to me very honestly, one day uh, after doing, I'm not, no like we've been working together for nearly two years on gut health. That's how long it's taken to restore Gut function to this individual,
0: and but not just restore gut function, but also to help the person change their behaviour. Yeah, and because these these things take time.
1: Well, actually, actually, this individual was already on that that road yeah. because what they said was every time a friend has said, "Why are you doing this?" Like, because they look amazing now because they've completely turned life around. Personal trainer, address gut health. Uh, when friends have said, "What are you doing?" and "How do you think all this happened?" and you know what's been this big trigger for it. And this individual is very honest and says, well, you know, if you're going to cane your body for four years like I did, this is is how you pay the price for it. Mm. I didn't eat right. I drank what I liked. I, you know, did recreational drugs. I worked my backside off, um, you know, worked really long hours. And this is how I pay the price for it. And it's taken nearly, like I said, two years. And I think going forward, this individual will always have to be a bit careful now because it's almost like there's a kind of, you know, there's an element to which the body can take, like you said, certain, it can take so much. Mm. But then there's also that kind of, I don't want to say, and I will say mind-body connection, which is where now, again, pushing it is also going to change your your kind of mental health mm. and create anxiety and guilt, which might cause more symptoms. But just to kind of rewind for a second, I think that, and I just liked that that individual had just made that statement. I was like, because normally I have to explain that to a lot of people, but they straight away said, you know, I've just this is what I did. But on the other side of that is I don't want individuals out there who've done 20, 30 years of whatever they liked because their body allowed them to, Mm. to feel an element of guilt. I think what's just really important is you then have to go through this educational process And like I've said, and project manage your health. And I don't think for a lot of people, any one of those camps is going to be enough. Mm. It's probably not enough to go to a personal trainer and lose weight if you've got a lot of things going on. And that could be mental health issues, skin issues, gut issues. It's probably not going to be enough to go to a doctor because they're so limited. They can run some tests. They'll look for a disease. If they can't find a disease, they might find a disease as well. They'll give you a medication to suppress symptoms. But there's always going to be an element of something causing it. And this is where I think it's quite important that you don't overthink that process of, what did I do? What did I do? Oh, I can't believe I did this and feel guilty about it. You have to kind of have a reflective moment about the why of your behavior. And this is where, and we're going to do a podcast on this as well, (laughs) some of the research on addiction where people have talked about anything that happens to you, maybe when you're younger, that kind of creates this personality type in you that it might be that you're a, a workaholic. It might be that you're, Hedonistic, because you you are you just have to have something to look forward to, and yeah. you have to smash everything. And and a lot of this comes from events and experiences that take place, and every single decade maybe consolidates it further. And I don't think you should feel. I think the worst thing you can feel is guilty about it. Mm. Um, I work too hard, and and I'm completely like honest about that. And when I reflect on it, it's like I kind of know why. I look at look at my parents. I look at you know how much praise you get for doing well at school, those kind of things. Like, you know, the, the status it gave me. And I always joke to you, I was a bit of an ugly duckling, like in my early teens. was Someone actually but said that me. I've actually were, had that statement said to me. I bet I'm... you
0: were cute ugly though.
1: <laughs> well, I had, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. It was like the haircut my mum gave me for a start. And then I had these massive, my teeth are big anyway, but they were goofy. I didn't have braces.
0: You've grown. You've grown into your teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then I just had. I was uh, like, just so skinny. My clothes would fall off me. And it's so ironic, by the way, that I used to look at all my friends with curvy like legs and bum and thighs, and I was like, I'd love to look like that. And then you know, when when my curves finally came, I was like, oh, they're what these ironic.
0: Never happy. No,
1: <laughs> like typical one. Um, but just to go back a second, I think. So it was really interesting for me as a as, an, as a teenager that when I did do really well at school and I worked really hard, that's when you get that kind of that status, that praise. It's like, because I'm not much to look at, at least I could be good at achieving things. And I was terrible at sport. Like literally, I can't even tell you how many times I fell over in races and nearly, you know, nearly ruined a whole team. Like, you know, lost a whole team a day of you know, sports day. I, I like ruined the whole team score by just tripping over or something. So this was like the one thing I was good at. And so over time that's been something that I've just worked harder and harder at. Mm. And now it's almost like it it can define me. And I find that really hard to let go of. But this isn't my fault necessarily. This is just what everyone has told me to do since being a child. But it leads me to health issues. So I work at the detriment of my health. Mm. And I can see I see the same pattern in mums, for example, with their children, where they literally give absolutely everything every ounce of their energy and their health to their children. And that's and too, sorry, that was kind of, you know, it's just I've got more female clients, so I said that. But you see people give everything to others and even to people looking after their parents and their own health just starts to go down the toilet and it's... It's not something that you have to, there's an element of guilt that then kicks in, Mm. massive amounts of guilt. And it's only when there is some, like you said, the body just hits the limit that they get in touch and reach out to like a nutritionist and go, I really need some help. Like I literally, I got some mess or, you know, I can't walk now. I'm in so much pain with this kind of joint inflammation. That's when they reach out and there's a massive amount of guilt. And there shouldn't be because those behaviors are there for a reason. You know, it's something that you've probably, like I said, it's decades of, of what you've been told you should do or maybe not in the sense of being hedonistic it's just decades of escape that you've needed from some really difficult events in your life and I think what's important is the more you can acknowledge that and again this is what we're doing in a site is trying to get people to step back and acknowledge that rather than just repeat these programs or you know like diets or anything to try and almost very quickly undo it Yeah, yeah it's not it's not the solution you're going to find yourself back there if you didn't go back to that big root cause of like, okay, this is my personality type. And maybe you need accountability. I see, you know?
0: I think that's a really big thing, like you just said there, is acknowledging your personality type. Yeah. Because you ain't gonna change that. No. Like someone's personality is their personality. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to be able to work with that individual. And I think this is where the biggest problem is in that a lot of the stuff that's out there in the world of nutrition and exercise, it's very one size fits all. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but that's not going to work for everybody. No. You know, like we were talking about your dad this morning, like Keris's dad is, how old is your dad now? 65, 66, something like that? 65, yeah. 65, always been, and and I know this because I've, I've known the guy for as long as I've known Keris now, so about 11, 12 years, but also from what, you know, Keris has told me, what the conversations I've had with Keris's dad, is he's always been, and you know where Keris gets it from, mm-hmm. a workaholic. He's always been an absolute grafter and he thrives in those situations and even now in retirement the man does not stop you know and you know even from an exercise perspective he's either he's either out on a bike ride even that he can't do a leisurely bike ride he's like right I'm going to go up this hill in the highest gear possible he
1: comes back and tells you what gear he's been in and then I'm like and you wonder where I get it from
0: I did did this hill gear 6 all the way to the top (laughs) Are you like, meant like, to go for a leisurely cycle today, Chris? Um, but it's that's his personality type. Like your dad couldn't do that kind of easy retirement, sit back, relax, enjoy the fruits of my labour over the years. Your dad's like, no, I'm going to go do some gardening all day long and then I'm going to buy a property to do up and project manage and rent out or sell yeah. on.
1: And I was like, get, get like, he lost his Fitbit. And she's like, we need to find the Fitbit because she said, I want to show him he's doing too much. And whereas I'm like, mom needs the Fitbit. Cause looks for any excuse to not. They, they almost need like,
0: <laughs> they, they almost need like a, a hybrid of the two of them. Cause your, your mum's very
1: anti-exercise,
0: anti-exercise, but, yeah. you, but keeps herself busy. She's yeah. always sewing and, yeah. and doing all that kind of stuff. But, It's always like your your dad needs to take a leaf out of her book because she needs to take a leaf out of your dad's, to find this nice, healthy balance. middle ground. But um, but my point there was is that your dad obviously is, you know, he's he's 65 now. His personality is his personality. Yeah. For you to just turn around and go, look, you just need to do less, chill out, don't exercise so much, spend less time in the garden. It's not going to happen.
1: But but yeah, and that's a great point. But also if you look at like, if those, they both came to me with like some health goals, the intervention that I would suggest, or like the the changes, sorry, is a better way of putting it, would be completely different for both of them because of their personality types, like you just said, because of their different preferences. And this is the content that you and I developed for 365 is very much about that. Like, let's stop saying one size fits all. This is going to work. This is how you lose weight. Um, This is how you're going to sort out your menopausal symptoms mm. because this is something that i've noticed again if you when i had some hormone issues and i got referred to an endocrinologist the answer was hormone replacement therapy there yeah. was no kind of assessment of my personality type or there was no yeah. and then this, this is that's that medical system and that's what that medical system mm. is there for and brilliant at but it's not going to go back and and look at the root causes and and one of my frustrations when I'm seeing a lot of information out there on menopause at the moment is everyone jumps straight to what tea could you drink for hot flashes? What about this herb? What about that herb? And I love herbal medicine. You know that. like I'm a big fan of it. But if someone's overweight, why are we talking about herbal medicine? It doesn't make any sense. The the biggest win is going to be to lose the weight that's going to help with a lot of the metabolic issues that come with the menopause. So again, it's like, well, that would have been, a personal trainer would help identify that and be probably more skillful at addressing it.
0: Identify what?
1: that the body composition is the problem. And I'm not lying. I've sat in, I've I've observed people have come to me after being to see dieticians and nutritionists and even hospital dieticians about anything from kidney dysfunction to a menopause issue. And no one's ever mentioned that they have a body composition problem that's going to be driving the inflammation, driving the metabolic element to that condition and the blood pressure and everything. And I'm just like, this is crazy.
0: An interesting conversation I overheard, right? which is spot on with what you just said. It was two blokes who I'm going to assume were in maybe late 40s, early 50s, both quite overweight. And one of them was telling the other one about his back pain and saying how his back pain was was terrible. But uh, uh, his doctor had recommended a jacuzzi.
1: That's not that bad. I thought you were going to say like,
0: But then started talking about how let me finish okay <laughs> and he kept talking about that apparently all the NFL players use them right. so NFL obviously is like the National Football League in America yeah all the you know he's, he's comparing himself like to these athletes that are like training all the time and this that and you know oh the NFL players use them my doctor said so I'm going to be using this jacuzzi as well as the painkillers to try and ease the pain and the other I was oh, you know well, tell me how you get on and this that and the other and like, again no mention of maybe I could benefit from losing a few stone yeah
1: to, yeah, yeah to
0: potentially ease my back pain yeah, and take yeah. the pressure off take yeah. the stress the demand off my body it's always like you know oh let's just walk well, jacuzzis ain't cheap now.
1: no <laughs>
0: you know like what would be easier to do i mean maybe you have the money i don't know yeah but uh, then
1: play you would uh, then i would get a personal trainer with that money that would be his best investment in to resolve that health situation or, or,
0: or well no or, or a nutritionist
1: yeah, but ob- or both. yeah, both or a good trainer who is also qualified in nutrition and also knows a lot about holistic movement, so he doesn't screw the back.
0: But my point being, <laughs> it's like you know, th- there was a non easy win as such because because yeah, yeah. weight loss isn't easy. No. but it's almost like someone's more happy or happier to part with potentially thousands of pounds for something that requires less less effort. Yeah, than actually, you know, putting a bit of work in. yeah, yeah. investing it in nutrition, exercise, both, whatever it may be. Because I know a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years who have had aches and pains, normally knee, back, hip.
1: Yeah. And
0: there's been many occasions where those pains have funnily, bizarrely disappeared when they lost weight.
1: Yeah. But also on the subject of that, I've seen a lot of cases where when the individual stops moving due to an injury, you see then system after system gets knocked out so because they're not moving you see weight gain mm-hmm. from the injury and then you see because they kind of okay i'm, I'm in pain i'm not going to move or they get told to rest it which is probably the worst advice ever because if you look at the and i'm always grateful for the kind of kettlebell movement for this and the kind of myofascial you know elements which they educated us on and in terms of you know how connective tissue works and joints they've got to be moved to be fixed Mm. in some way. So there has to be, once you, you know, once you injure a joint, yeah, you have to rest it a little bit, but then there has to be an element of movement to get lymphatic fluid to it, to help it, to give it new, that's what lymphatic, lymphatic fluid gives it nutrition and it drains away any waste products. That new stimulation will kind of activate cells to start repairing the tissue that's damaged and the inflammation and things like that. And you know, again, when you're working with nutritionists, I'll often say, "Why is no one talking about movement here?" Mm. Like, I really, I can get really frustrated with that because it's like not just from an injury perspective or a joint perspective, mental health, you know, all these kind of things. I'm like, don't go in there with five HTP or ashwagandha or all these herbs that help with the, you know, the kind of, you know, as in that like kind of uh, cognitive health. If you if you someone isn't isn't eating right and mm-hmm. moving and and movement for me is 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 therapy to, to a lot of people. You know, we know that, and w- walking gives you endorphins and things. So I think you see that element missing. And I suppose this is where I've just started to get you know kind of frustrations with all the different industries because it's just like why, you know, we really have to start bridging that gap. We really, and then the other element that me and you've really focused on is and now let's make the advice practical. So it's all yes. very well saying this, but okay, what the hell does that look like? And also. And that's what, again, we've been really lucky to work with loads of people, work with groups and go, do you know what they really need? Okay, they need a meal plan that you could make stuff in five minutes, but it's still going to balance their blood sugars, give them nutrition, minimal kind of um, stuff in there that's going to, you know, possibly cause any aggravation to them. So, you know, we create meal plans for people when they have a really stressed and busy week. Um, I've done a couple of meal um, meal plan guides that are for people with hormone issues because it's going to be really different for someone who's got low hormones to someone who's got maybe too much estrogen or, you know, kind of endometriosis is overweight, that they're all different in terms of, what is needed so i've actually started creating menus now which is kind of here's what your main should be and pick a side that's going to help with symptom alleviation like you know so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i and i have and i've started to develop sides that are really rich in like you know kind I, could,
0: of- I could just imagine us opening up like a cafe yeah. <laughs> instead of like a menu of like main sides it will be like a, do you have a
1: joint problem <laughs>
0: yeah. um did you train today yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
0: choose was- something from this menu. yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> It's today recovery day, joints flaring a little bit. Yeah, Something it's, from this part of the middle. That would be
1: amazing. In fact, now you're inspiring me, I'm going to do a venue like that as well. And I've really enjoyed it because I've realized there has to be this element of like personalization, but also every bit of information we give to an individual, usually they're eating with other people. It could be a partner and it could be a family. And this all needs to be applicable to them as well. And so 100%. another frustration that we've had is people saying, I don't want to do a diet. You know, if you're going to,
0: well, to be fair, it's probably a common question we get with when people are uh, thinking about purchasing our book or Fit 16 is oh, how family-friendly are the recipes? And we're like, well, do you know, that's that's always been at the forefront of, you know, like whenever we've created a recipe or done anything, it's like, could the family eat this?
1: Yeah, most, and most of it is the food you and I grew up on before yeah, the food probably. industry was available. There was a supermarket. Stuff. Yeah. And I think the difference I often say is, You know, children will likely need more energy because they're not kind of metabolically as damaged as adults usually, you know, so they can, they're more active and and they're growing, so they need more energy. So, whereas we'll kind of come up with strategies to reduce overall energy intake, like more veg and more veg sides and things, children aren't, you know, it doesn't apply to them so they can have more of the, you know, kind of energy-dense foods, but as long, again, but their need for nutrients is also great because they're growing and they're thriving and, and mental health is so important. So... Yeah, so there we go. I think
0: but, was- but it's like, um, into, uh, you know, tying in with what you just said there about just, just being practical about something is, um, I've, I've probably mentioned this before, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. I do that a lot. But years ago, I went to see a, a back specialist because I was like, I was I was ready to travel anywhere and see anyone because do you remember when it was really, really bad? And no one had answers. Oh, I'd been,
1: I've forgotten about that when you mentioned it about five times a oh, day. Oh,
0: hardy heart. You're so funny, <laughs> aren't you? You're a little funny lady. <laughs> um, and I, I went to see this guy, you know, he came highly recommended. And don't get me wrong, he, he was great. You know, he he did things to me that no other man had ever done before. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and okay. I was I was really impressed. I was like, "This is brilliant! No one's no one's noticed that. No one's done that." Like, and I was really actually quite excited to get started with like a bit of a rehab plat. The guy sent it through, and I was like, "This is great! Cool, I'm gonna do it." I went to the gym, I did it, and it took me nearly an hour to do. <laughs>
1: oh, I remember this,
0: and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Well, surely it'll get quicker once I get a bit more savvy with it, and this, that, and the other." He wanted me to do this ideally every day if not at the very least, before all of my workouts. And then anyway, the the quickest I did it in was uh, just over 45 minutes. And this wasn't anything that was remotely exciting to do. It was pretty dull. And I just, after a while, I thought, I I, I can't do this. I, I don't honestly know that I can do this because mentally it was so tough. Yeah. And it was taken away from my training Yeah, yeah. and training such a big part of what I do. So I started to adapt it. I didn't just write it off. I was like, well, how can I adapt this a little bit so that it does work for me a little bit better. So I started to kind of like shorten things a little bit, divide it up a little bit across the week. And I was definitely getting some benefit.
1: And you adapted but- the training so that it didn't do things that you knew aggravated you as well.
0: <clears throat> yeah, of course. But my point being is that, you know,
1: to make it work for your
0: lifestyle, it's, it's all well and good, kind of like piping up and and we get this a lot when everyone wants to start something new and this time it's going to be different. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. and then it comes to it and it's like, oh, actually, it's quite hard, isn't it? Yeah, um, no, it's probably not going to work. I'll start next week. Yeah, you know. And but for us, over the years, I think something that we've got really, really good at is being able to adapt things so that it can work for everyone you know, regardless of, you know, their personality type, time available, the type of things that they enjoy, they don't enjoy, you can still incorporate it into your routine and not be as black and white as, you know, because a lot of people with the rehab plan that I had would have gone, well, I'm, I'm realistically not going to do this. So I just won't do it at all. Yeah. Because I can't commit to this. So the only other option is to, to not do it. In, in any shape or form, whereas now I'm very much like, well, no, no, how can I adapt this so I can do it a little bit? Same as like mobility, yoga, stretching. I don't find these things enjoyable as such, but I've now adapted, you know, uh, and have conjured up a bit of a mobility and stretch routine that works for me. And I definitely feel better for it. I move better for it. I train better as a result. Do you see what I mean?
1: Well, it's interesting because and- I had a, a very similar feedback about someone who needed to do some... Uh, mobility work for we get a lot of um i see a lot of clients who have kind of almost like repetitive strain injuries from sports yeah. and then they get given like you did a rehab program to go to the gym and it's a bit boring and and so with some of them in one case it's like go and do yoga they've been told by a physio and they, like you've kind of fed back this client said i hate yoga I hate going to the class Like it was actually a man. He said, I'm the only man in there. I don't like it. I don't like being, not being able to do it. All the women seem to be like pros. I feel an idiot. And I was just like, this is just not working. Like you're actually going to be getting stressed about going to something which will create tension in your body, which is not even going to help alleviate the joint problem. And, uh, I said, you need something more specific to your injury issue that you just do 10 minutes every morning. You have your cup of tea and you do this, this, and this, and that's what I recommended. And that is what he did going forward. And, uh, he said i was completely consistent with it it was practical it was convenient it gave me symptom relief and then i was able to carry on with the sport that he loved so it's really interesting that you you say that because it, it the more unrealistic and this is the same with nutrition this is the same with you know the more unrealistic it becomes the more people just write it off and do nothing whereas like you said there needs to be a degree of adaptation and, and this is about again being in an environment with. Other people who can help come up with solutions, mm. which is what you and I do, but it's also what our, our membership does. They help with solutions. They help each other with solutions because there are elements of life that we don't we don't have experience of, like cooking for four kids, you know. Mm. So and yet Claire, who works with us, does. And that's why we get Claire in the group and she gives a lot of advice about batch cooking and what she does and how she cooks yeah. costs down with a lot of the recipes as well. And she has an autoimmune condition, so she's been on the podcast. She she has to be savvy with her nutrition she can't cook so say she's like got, good, she's got
0: almost like some additional barriers yeah you know?
1: and, but she also doesn't want her children to suffer like she suffered which mm-hmm. is you know incredible and, and so she wants to educate them and she said we, like she's talked to us about going through the kind of teenage rebellion side of things and how she's almost had to let them go and just get to their pain point and then they've come back to her and said i think i need some help my skin's not very good yeah. and then she's been able to step in and and help them with the knowledge but Again, that has to be on their on their terms sometimes as well. But yeah. that element of knowledge we don't have because we haven't worked with. I work with teenagers, but they come to me for help, and and that really excites me because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'd have had your knowledge at, at that age, you know, I would have yeah, yeah. I would saved myself a hell of a lot of health issues Trauma. and complications in my twenties and thirties of and the, the anxiety and fear that that creates because you don't understand why your body is doing what it's doing, and then obviously the guilt we've just talked about. So. Yeah. So there you go. So I hope, I mean, well, what we're, what we're well, working on doing
0: is... Well, no, basically what we're saying is you sign up to fit a free website <laughs> because it's got everything you need.
1: We have, great. Well, And more. Well, yeah, and, and I have a list that's about 20 pages long of more content that I'm going to do in there, but there is stuff on, on menopause, on menstrual cycle, on gut health, and then I've been doing more of my nutritional therapy stuff. You've been doing some amazing stuff on weight loss and macronutrients and... Training. Calories, and they. We are going to do some real time workouts together, which we've not done in years, haven't we? But we've uh, we've got loads of real time workouts in there. But we've decided we thought some together would be fun.
0: But but the idea is, it's uh, just a really cool platform for you to have access to amazing recipes, training plans, real time workouts, but also some real kind of short but sweet workouts, mobility routines, stretching routines that you can incorporate into even the. The busiest of days, because like we've we've spoken about quite a few times today, it's it's about keeping it real. It's about being practical and being able to adapt to the day ahead of you. Whether it's really busy or whether you're just not really feeding it, but you want to do a little something, it's there for you to to refer to. And like we we talk about environment and community, we've got an amazing Facebook group.
1: Yes, we have. I'm going
0: to put it out there.
1: You should it's, also say it has every. It's so over 620 recipes in there. So almost every recipe we've ever Damn. done. We're doing more, obviously. This so even if you cooked go.
0: a recipe every day, <laughs> yeah. it would take you nearly two years to get through them all. Yeah. And we're always adding more, by the way. So yes. you'll never you'll never get there.
1: Even on holiday here, we've been taking photos of menus going, that'd be amazing, that'd yeah. be amazing. Oh, we
0: well, yeah, would well, just well,
1: change that and I'd do that and I'd just, oh, that'd be lovely. Well, in
0: fact, actually, if anyone listening here has tried the... Um, pork garlic and rosemary burgers that I did last year it was inspired by a burger I had here in this like surf shack style uh beach cafe and you know I had to mark the occasion this year and have it once again (laughs) and yeah so that was inspired by that and it was it was delicious I must say even tastier than I remember it being last year.
1: Just just one other point to make, actually. To no, we're hit. out of
0: time now. Keris? Oh, okay. No, go oh,
1: yeah. Anyway, we right. are. <laughs> no, on.
0: Oh, I'm intrigued now. What were you going to say? I was going
1: to say it's just really interesting to see here that there are some places still serving traditional Portuguese food, which is a lot of things like potatoes, vegetables, rice, and meat or fish. And then now you're seeing the kind of urbanisation of a lot of the areas because of the tourist trade coming in, and it's just become the beige diet, and it's such a shame. And both you and I have said we went to lisbon for the day and said look at the difference between the city and the we're in the countryside of portugal like we're yeah, quite yeah. remote here
0: big difference. But the difference
1: between the kind of older generations you can almost see the impact of that diet change has had that kind of it is just cake and pizza and bread and the health you can see is really suffering and i just think crikey that there is well, a public it, health crisis well you can see soon. like here
0: where we are like there's you still see all the farmers out in the fields. Yeah. They're in their like they're in their seventies. They're cycling everywhere, and obviously it's manual labour. And we just couldn't help but notice in Lisbon. I don't know. It just a lot of the like older generation just looked well just a lot unhealthier than they do around yeah. here.
1: What's interesting here is most of them smoke and drink as well. But it's almost like, like my dad was saying because there was no supermarket when they came here 15 years ago they all grew their own vegetables. So they will have have had 50, 60 years of almost kind of like homegrown, home-cooked food. And they all farm, a lot of them farm their own animals and eat their own animals. And then again, you're now going to see this change. And next thing you know, diabetes will be a problem here and heart disease. And what was very sad was there was a lot of tourist spots that you could get your avocado bowls and your tofu salads and quinoa, this and that, but it was tourist. It wasn't, it wasn't, aimed at the locals in any way, or affordable for the locals. Even product. you and I looked at it and went, we, we paid like, I think it was, I don't know, 11 euros for a salad, which was basically like three slices of parma ham, two walnuts on yeah. some rocket. And, and you, were, went, no, you no, no, hold on, <laughs> it wasn't even
0: rocket, it was lettuce. It was like an iceberg lettuce. And I was like, this is, this is the salad. Uh, yeah. and so, but she sold it to me when she said, green leafy salad. Right. And I thought, well, it is green. It is, <laughs> it is a leaf. But that's about, that's about as far as we're going here
1: didn't even come close to like 100 calories either you were like this is not lunch <laughs> yeah,
0: let's see. So, and then when I saw so one had an ice cream to make up for yeah,
1: it yeah you did.
0: <laughs> um but I've just realized in all the years we've been coming here I've never ever tried to recreate a cat planner no you haven't and they so. are delicious if you've never had a cat planner
1: it's on your list
0: I'm gonna get on it there you go <laughs> so there it is guys so. I hope you enjoyed the episode do check out Fit365. Any questions at all, get in touch. We're very, very proud of it.
1: We should mention there is a free trial as well.
0: Yeah, seven-day free trials. If you're not sure, you can check it out. Make your mind up, get involved, and no obligation. If you don't like it, Soz. <laughs> Let us know why, and we can we can do what we can to make it better. And
1: do uh, with your trial, do make the most of it because it's easy to sign up to these things and not really have a good look at what is there.
0: Yeah, actually try and get involved with the content and yeah, there's have a good, a good search around. engine,
1: which we made, made sure because we know it's hot people are short on time. So there's a search engine you can search for any topic that you're interested in. But also join the Facebook group and see how how lovely everyone is. Yeah,
0: because that's where it's really at. Lots lots going on in there. Yeah. The best Facebook group in the world. For <laughs> do say so that's myself. Right guys, wherever you are, hope you're having an awesome day whether it's morning, night, whatever. What's the Truman Show? Good morning, and if I don't, see you, Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Well done. Is that the Truman Show? I think so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. Right, guys, we will see you in episode 127. See ya.
1: Bye.